Yo, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Third Down Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new here, hi, I'm your host, Henry. In this podcast, we talk all kinds of sports. We dive into questions, predictions, all of that good stuff. So coming up in today's podcast, I'm going to get into some questions. Um, questions about NFL Week 9, questions about NBA, because really... NBA starts up in about a month and a half, which is crazy when you think about it because it feels like it just ended. But yes, we have NBA coming very soon. So I'm going to get into some NBA questions, but mainly Week 9 NFL. Then we're just going to recap Week 9, what we learned from Week 9. Then we're going to go into some winners and losers of Week 9. But before we get into all of that good stuff, we have a sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is presented by Wild CBD. Wild products are the best tasting edible on the market, using real fruit and all natural flavoring. With flavors inspired by by the Pacific Northwest high quality ingredients, real fruit, and consistent dosing. Wild has become one of the leading cannabis edible producers in the country. Wild's new CBD line currently offers real fruit infused gummies in blackberry, huckleberry, lemon, and raspberry, and CBD infused sparkling water in raspberry, lemonade, blackberry, and blood orange. Each gummy is dosed with 25 mg of CBD and can only be purchased in bottles of 10 or 20. Wild CBD is offering our listeners 30% off their next purchase from wildcbd.com by using the code POD. That's code POD for 30% off your next purchase. Please note, Wild CBD products are intended only for use by ages 18 or older. Wild CBD products should not be consumed as a direct as directly on the label and should not be used if you are pregnant or breastfeeding. All Wild CBD products are made with ingredients containing 0% THC. Consult with a health professional prior to using wild CBD in combination with any medical or other dietary supplements. But anyway, big thanks to Wild CBD for sponsoring today's episode. On to today's podcast. So we're going to hop into our questions for today. We're going to start off talking about some NFL Week 9, then we're going to get into some basketball. But our first question is about Week 9 NFL. Dalvin Cook, would he be in the MVP conversation if his team was better? And I say absolutely yes. Just listen to these numbers. So last week, Dalvin Cook had 222 yards from scrimmage and four touchdowns in the upset over Green Bay. And he went right back at it on Sunday with 252 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns and another, or not easy, and not not another, and another win, 24 to 20 over Detroit. So (sighs) Cook's career high. 206 rushing yards put him in the NFL lead in that category and increased his NFL lead to 13 total touchdowns. So basically, he's dominating in rushing yards. He's dominating in touchdowns. So it's so hard to say. So the the MVP award race is, I'd say currently I put Russell Wilson in there, Patrick Mahomes is in there, maybe Josh Allen, and possibly Lamar Jackson, but probably not Lamar Jackson. I'd say Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes are the two big ones. With Mahomes, the the Chiefs are 7-1. That's why, as of right now, I have Mahomes in the lead. But that just makes you think, if the Vikings weren't 3-5, and five, would, you, would you consider Dalvin Cook as the MVP? That's the big question. That's what I want to know. And I want the Vikings to come out and start actually winning games and try it in like 
if like if they if they finish like a with a really good record, I would give the MVP to Dalvin Cook. I've never seen it any running back ever, maybe besides Christian McCaffrey last year, but any running back put up back to back games like this. And really, this whole season, he's got 13 total touchdowns. And that's three more than Kansas City's Tyreek Hill, who's in second place for all-time touchdowns. 13 touchdowns on the season. 13. Like, like they played eight games. He's got 13 touchdowns. Like, how does that even make sense? But anyway, back to the, back to the actual thing. I really, I really want to see the Vikings start start to win because if they had a good record, I would definitely put Dalvin Cook at at the top for MVP as of right now. But since they're only three and five, and Kansas City has a seven and one record, I'd, I'm as of right now, I'm gonna have to give it to Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson is tight behind him. So we'll see what happens with that. Keep an eye on the Minnesota Vikings and Dalvin Cook. But moving on to our next question. So moving on to the NBA, our next question is. So basically what's going on right now is Philadelphia, the Philadelphia 76ers are looking at James Harden and we could see a possible James Harden to Philadelphia trade. So our next question was, what are your thoughts about the, the Philadelphia James Harden situation? So my thoughts are, if James Harden ends up going to the Philadelphia 76ers, just think back to when Philadelphia had JJ Redick. They had that shooter, that like really good shooter and I thought they were complete there and they were looking good. So JJ Reddick gets traded over, and he's he's out of there. But now we could see James Harden could possibly come back, or not come back. He could possibly come to Philly. But the difference is, James Harden and JJ Reddick are completely different. Because what I'm scared of is if he does go to Philadelphia, I don't want to see James Harden just hogging the ball and just chucking up shots. Because this team, if this team can work together, I would love to see it. But then remember back to in Houston. James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they did not really share the ball that well because their their style of play was pretty much the same where the ball is in their hands and that's really just how they play and like the 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 whole game is like starts with them and the, the ball in their hands. That's why it didn't work out and I knew it wasn't going to work out when James Harden and Russell Westbrook were on the same team. They're not they they can't share the ball. That's clear. And if James Harden goes to Philly, there's not really another player on that team who's like a Russ Westbrook who the the who needs to have the ball in his hands. That's just the way they play. Like I mean, ben, I mean they have Ben Simmons, and he's he's a, he's a really good passer, and he can dish it down to Joel Embiid. We all know he's the big man down there, and he can actually shoot as well, which is pretty crazy. And uh, jo- Joel Embiid's an all-around good player, but he again he's not one of those guys where the ball has to be in his hands. That's not. That's not the way he plays. It just isn't. But James Harden, on the other hand, that is the way he plays. And I'm nervous for Philadelphia if they acquire James Harden. That it's just going to revolve around him, and he's not going to get Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, this whole other team involved in this play. But if he does, if he if he can share the ball, which he can, I believe he can. But and if he if he does share the ball at Philadelphia, this could be a lethal team. I mean, put it in reality. We have Ben Simmons dribbling the ball up, dishing it down low to Joel Embiid. No one's going to be able to stop Joel Embiid. Only a few players can really stop him. Then you got James Harden on the edge, hitting those threes. Like, this could be this could be it for Philadelphia right here. But again, they haven't actually gotten James Harden yet, so we really have to keep a close eye on that. If they do get James Harden, it's going to be so 
very interesting to watch what happens there. So close eye on Philadelphia and James Harden. Moving on to our next question, sticking with the NBA, who is going to dethrone the Los Angeles Lakers in the West? Whew, I like this question, and I'm going to go a little bit bold on this one because a lot of people aren't going to like this, but I'm going bold on this one. I'm going to say the the I'm going to say the Golden State Warriors, but hear me out because Curry's going to come back. Uh most likely Curry's going to be back. They're going to have Clay Thompson back. That's really all you need right there. Those guys those guys are unstoppable. Those guys are so good. Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are the dynamic three-pointing, three-point shooting duo. Best some of the best three-point shooters I've ever seen. Yes. Curry is on track to hit more than 5,000 three-point shots in his career. Clay Thompson is just all around his mid-range game and his three-point shot game are so good. Then you always have Draymond Green in there as well. Here, here always put up points. I guess I never. I'm not really a big Draymond, Draymond Green fan, but but anyways, I'm, all I'm saying is the Golden State Warriors are going to be good this year. I know I'm not really making a good case. I re, I know I'm not making a good case about that, but I think I think that they're going to be good this year, and I I believe that they will dethrone the Los Angeles Lakers in the West. I know I, did, I made a horrible case for that, but I just have a feeling that the that the Warriors are going to be good. I just had a feeling. But anyway, we're going to move on. So looking back on NFL Week Nine, what are some big things that we have learned? I think the biggest thing that we have learned is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are in uncharted territory. The Steelers are one of two teams to have won six Super Bowls, have the second most conference championships. In their fourth in wins in the NFL in NFL history, but until now, the team has never started with a season that has started with eight and O record. So that is uncharted ter- territory for them. After all they've accomplished, they've never gone eight and O. So this is big right here. We got to realize this is big. In Sunday's win, I gotta say it, it was not pretty. Like, come on, like that was that was ugly. That was an ugly win. I mean, the Steelers had to overcome in like an early 13 to zero deficit over the Dallas Cowboys, and then Ben Roethlisberger came out. He threw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and so he threw one quick one to Eric Ebron, and then he threw one to Juju Smith-Schuster. But I just gotta say, that was an ugly win by the Pittsburgh Steelers. They can't. They gotta. They gotta play better next game. They cannot play like that. Because that was the Dallas Cowboys. If you were going to go back and play against a good team like that and play like that, you were not going to be able to get that win. I I really want to see this team. I mean, they could go they could go undefeated. Who knows? But they cannot play like they did against the Dallas Cowboys. Let me just say. But they're 8-0. They have never been 8-0. Could, could we see an undefeated season? I, I hope so. That would be fun to watch. But anyway, I think that was the main thing that we learned this week. But some other things that we learned this week is that the Buffalo Bills have a good team, offense and defense. So basically, Josh Allen is a such a good quarterback, and Buffalo is such a good team. We like we really don't need to say anymore, but of course I'm going to do. So they got the win, 44 to 34, over the Seahawks. Seahawks are also a good team. It was Buffalo's first game with 40 or more points since 2018, and it gave Josh Allen this, his second 400-yard passing game of his career. 
The Bills improved to a 7-2 record, which matches the team's best nine-game start since, two, since 1993. So basically, the Bills are very good. I mean, 7-2, like, that's like a really, really good record. Like, I didn't even realize that, the, that they had that good of a record. So on, off, on the offensive side, they're, they're insane. But then on the defensive side, they're also crazy good because they had, they had five sacks, 11 quarterback hits, and four forced turnovers against the top-scoring offense in the NFL, the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson fumbled the ball twice, and he got picked off twice. Russell Wilson is one of the front runners, as I was talking about a while ago, for the MVP. And this is probably the best offense, no, top three of top three offense in the NFL, and the top scoring offense in the NFL. And the Bills caused that. I was a little on the edge about their defense, and I knew their offense was good, but I was a little on the edge about their defense. But after seeing this game, their defense is good, and their offense is even better. So we gotta watch out for the Bills. Like, we have to watch out for the Bills. So that was a big thing that we learned from Week 9. But anyway, we're going to move on to our winners and losers of Week 9. Okay, so winners and losers. This is probably my favorite segment. So basically what we do in this segment, it's pretty simple. So we go over the winners and losers of Week 9. And sometimes it's a team, sometimes it's a player, sometimes it's something else. But we are starting off with our first winner of Week 9, and that is Patrick Mahomes. While everybody was talking about the Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson, and how he's going to be quarter, uh, MVP, and how Aaron Rodgers might be MVP, and Josh Allen might be MVP, but Patrick Mahomes, just he just kept going and going and going against the Carolina Panthers. It was unbelievable. He completed 30 out of his 45 attempts for 372 yards and four touchdowns. He also threw nine touchdowns in his last two games and has he's he's so good and he has also become the fastest and he's become the fastest quarterback in NFL history to reach 100 passing touchdowns in 40 games 40 games he's reached 100 touchdowns just think about that that's insane it's crazy so Mahomes is just and he's just in his third year. That's even crazier to think. He's, this is his third year playing as a Kansas City quarterback starter. He has a defending super. He's he has the defending Super Bowl championship. Defend me, the defending Super Bowl champions sitting at eight and one, and he is he as of right now, he's got to be my my. He's top runner for my MVP. He just keeps doing good. I have him in my fantasy team, and I'm racking up the points with him and Christian McCaffrey. Wow. Anyway, Patrick Mahomes was our winner and our big loser. Our big loser is the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay looked utterly, absolutely terrible in the 38-3 loss against their NFC South rival, the Saints. The New Orleans Saints destroyed the Buccaneers. They just destroyed the Buccaneers. New Orleans offensive line completely dominated Tampa Bay's typical, like, pass rush. Like, Tampa Bay always comes in with with the four or five-man blitz, and New Orleans offensive line just shut that down. And Drew Brees, again, has, has he keeps chugging along, too. He is doing, even at his old age, he, he's doing insane. But anyway, back to the Buccaneers. Tom Brady in the Buccaneers offense just looked horrible going three out of their first four possessions. Only, they, they, went four, they went three and out 
out three times in a row, only to be followed by a fifth interception right after that. Tom Brady finished the game with an okay 209 yards, but no touchdowns and three interceptions. And he just he just didn't make he just didn't make the best decisions. And I mean, Tampa Bay rushed the ball just four times. The Buccaneers will want to erase this one from their memories. I mean, it was ugly. It was ugly. But anyway, we're gonna move on to our winner, our other winner for Week Nine is gonna be the QB's futures in Miami and Arizona. So basically, the Miami the Miami Dolphins beat the Cardinals in a great game, 34 to 31. Absolutely great game. Both teams have been feeling like like yeah about about both their young quarterbacks because I mean Dolphins have the rookie Tua Tagovailoa and that's only his second career start so he is new and but he showcased the he is mobile like he he's he's he reminds me of a little bit a little bit of Michael Vick just a little bit he's so mobile and he's great and then again the Cardinals on the other hand having having uh um Kyle Murray and he's continuing to develop into, like, a big th- threat and one of the most dangerous quarterbacks really in the entire NFL. And he also becomes the first player in league history to throw for 275 or more yards with three passing touchdowns while adding 100 or more rushing yards with at least one rushing score. So, he's insane. Kyle Murray, like, he is dangerous. But going back to Tua... He, I mean, he's so young and he's so, like, he's so new to the game. In Tangaloa, he finished with 20 out of 28 for 248 yards and two, and two scores. So both quarterbacks are looking great. But anyway, we're gonna move on to our last loser for Week Nine, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers. Luck, you really, really have to feel bad for Los Angeles Chargers fans. On a day when rookie quarterback Justin Herbert broke Cam Newton's record for most passing yards through his first seven starts, the Chargers fell again in a heartbreaking loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. On the final play of the game, the Chargers, ap- the Chargers appeared to have a game-winning touchdown, but a replay saw that t- the tight end, Donald Barham, bobbled what had been a touchdown grab. As he fell to, as he fell down, so he bobbled it, and they caught it incomplete, and they lost, 31 to 26. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking. So Los Angeles is now two and six, and <laughs> it's just, I just feel bad. It, I, I feel bad. I can't say anything more. I just feel bad for the Chargers. I feel bad for Chargers fans. Anyone who's who's associated with the Chargers, I feel bad. But anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode of Third Down Sports. If you stick around to the end, I appreciate it. All social links will be down below to my YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Make sure to follow us on Spotify. And hope you enjoyed. I'm Henry. Peace out, everybody.